Well, hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. Interesting week to wrap up the month of September, but we made it, everyone. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders advocating on their behalf wherever I can, their employees too. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So every single Friday, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that with my special guests, lending what is left of my mind and my voice to this live radio show where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years, some of the best thought leadership for businesses, it actually happens on Friday, just about the time we feel that freedom of the weekend coming. We get clear, we execute. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend that these crucial pearls of wisdom, they're very often overlooked, they're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity, and we discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Again, the name of the show is not just a play on words, although there's a whole bunch of plays on words in there. Uh, My last name actually means free in German, so that's a fun fact for everyone, a little bit of method behind the madness. Today's episode of Always Friday is brought to you by SDA Wealth Strategies, a boutique financial services firm located in Hudson Valley, New York. Personal wealth management, comprehensive business solutions is what they do. SDA stands for Simplifying Financial Lives, Designing Financial Strategies, and Advocating to Implement Them. They offer a concierge experience for both individuals and businesses. The highest priority always is the best interest of the client and helping them to be proactive and to thrive today, tomorrow, and beyond. To learn more, visit sdawealthstrategies.com. Big week, like I had mentioned. Uh, I know my special guest uh, grew up in the Massachusetts area, but I, I can't help paying some tribute to Aaron Judge. I was Back and forth, cars, appointments, chauffeuring the kids around, trying to make sure I didn't miss the home run. I was coming from an appointment all the way out in Western Jersey, got home just in time to see it. So I was thrilled about that. Congratulations to Aaron Judge making history. Uh, also, Hurricane Ian, my uh, folks that are down in the Florida area, especially the West Coast, still dealing with power outages and massive flooding everywhere. So definitely sending them Everyone's best from the Northeast. Stock market turmoil. Everyone's talking about it. Is this a bear market? Is this a recession? All kinds of perspective around that. Everyone be patient and speak with your trusted advisors. Very important to do that these days. But also, we celebrated Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. And coming up next week, we will be celebrating Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. So I thought this was a very appropriate time to do some rapping with the rabbi himself, the rabbi of Chabad of Western Monmouth County, Rabbi Levi Wallasaw. You're going to have to help me pronounce that name along the way. Beautiful. You did a great job. You know what? I've, I've, I've always wanted you to just pronounce it for me, just so I make sure I'm not butchering it. But this is the time of this is the time of year where Jewish folks celebrate the holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh, if you're, you know, uh, businesses that are run from folks in the Jewish community might even be closing their doors this time of year for a little bit. So I thought it'd be appropriate to. I always think it's appropriate to sit and do some rapping with the rabbi, but also get a little bit perspective about the high holidays, what they mean, what they mean to the the community. Community we have here in Monmouth County, but talk is cheap. We're here on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal here is let's really use the insight on the landscape and create some more impact come Monday morning. It's far too often the businesses that I deal with on a daily basis, they're focused on the product that's going to solve their problems. The shiny new mousetrap, the new tech, the new app, whatever it is. One consistent thing I see out there, and I know the rabbi sees it too, products change every single day in everything that we do. It doesn't matter if you're talking about your business or your personal life. Everything begins and ends with people. So the personal relationships that you can put together, that's really what matters. Surround yourself with the right people, execute a nice process, something that's tangible and methodical. That will typically let you arrive at the right product anyway, even if they're changing on an hourly basis. Everything begins and ends with the people. So I know I have the right person around me today, especially for this time of year. So Rabbi Levy, adult education coordinator and community leader at Chabad of Western Monmouth County. He's been 
around this area for 17 years, grew up in Sharon, Massachusetts, rabbi through and through. I'm going to, I'm going to let Rabbi Levy give us a little bit of his, of his history in just a moment to tell you a little bit about his travels, but phenomenal rabbi. I was actually at my wedding. Uh, and we didn't really know each other back then. It wasn't until I moved back to town in Monmouth County that we really started really to nice know each wedding. other. Beautiful yeah. wedding. Yeah, I missed the whole cocktail hour, and that was the only thing I had to say in any way. So a little, little, little sour about that still. But yeah, Rabbi Levy is one of my favorite local celebrities, someone who works just as hard as CPAs this time of year to make sure that the young Jewish families, that they have a great high holidays experience. As always, we'll discuss some of my favorite questions around movies, TV, and music. You know, I can't help myself. Possibly the closest special guest to my house that I've interviewed over the past two years, which just so you guys know, we just celebrated our two-year anniversary of doing Always Friday, so pretty big. But joining me from home base, less than one mile from my backyard, Rabbi Levy, Boker Tov, welcome to the show. I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am that you're taking the time out to chat with me this morning. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was actually in Shul where, Stephen, you came up to me. You're like, Rabbi, we got to do it this year. So I'm happy to be here with you. First time doing something like this. A little bit new to me, but happy in any way we can assist, spread the message of the high holidays and so on. Where where do we uh, where do we start from? Steve? You're uh, you're no stranger to speaking in front of an audience. We know that, and um, I know you grew up in Massachusetts. I couldn't resist wearing the ju- the Yankees jersey. I'm sorry, but you know again, I'm very I'm very conflicted between my brothers and my kids. I'm like <laughs> right in between the uh, then Tom Brady moved over. You know, there's a lot of where actually Sharon is about. I don't know, like maybe a 15-minute drive from Foxborough Stadium. We used to have traffic in front of our in front of our house when the uh, when the Patriots would play. Our brothers are really big fans. My kids are not happy about that, but <laughs> somehow it works out. We don't talk about sports too much in the house, I guess. <laughs> I'm a big baseball guy, and I love baseball analogies for the business world as well. But you know, let's give everybody a little bit of your journey. You know, when we spoke about it, you're like, ah, a lot of rabbis in my family. Like, what was I going to be, a plumber? And I started joking around. I was like, I-, I love Jackie Mason. I love comedy from growing up. The late Jackie Mason right. passed away recently. You know, so I grew up in a house of rabbis, like so comedian, actor. Yeah. It's probably some great material from the from the congregation, no matter what. But let's okay. give every let's give everyone a taste of the journey. Tell us how you got where you are today. So I'm from Sharon, Massachusetts. It's a small town in uh, in Massachusetts. It's a, I think it's like a suburb of Boston. Basically, a lot of people commute there. Uh, my father originally was brought out, brought out, brought down to the Boston area to be the Rosh Yeshiva, the dean of the uh, yeshiva in Boston. And um, they moved to you know a lot of people buy houses in the suburbs of Boston to in Sharon. And uh, eventually, my father went on to open a Chabad house. A uh, a, a um, Chabad house is like a center for the local Jewish community, the Davin, and to learn. And he opened that center up, I guess it was about, you know, uh, maybe 35 years ago, somewhere roughly around that, and um, grew up over there, a small little town, and um, went to yeshiva, grew up, and I went to yeshiva in Brooklyn for many years, went to yeshiva in Israel for a number of years, um, and then married my amazing wife, who's from Manalapan, Manalapan, New Jersey, where you're from, right, Stephen? That's where you're. That from. is correct, right, right from over here. And uh, then I had to make a decision: where where are you going to move to? You're going to move to Sharon? You're going to move to Manalapan? It wasn't an easy decision. Not a lot of people were happy about it. But um, happy wife is a happy life, and also I was happy too. That's the truth. Also, this was the right decision for myself. So we moved here to Manalapan, and that's it. And then we've been here ever since. Like you asked me, you made, I told you what to tell a lot of people. You told me how did you choose to be a rabbi? I said my father was a rabbi, my grandfather was a rabbi. My father-in-law is a rabbi. What am I going to be a plumber? There's nothing wrong with plumbers. It's a great job. Maybe I would do that if I wouldn't do this. But um, that's that's it. That's how we, you know, it, was, it made sense. Um, I connected. It felt like I connected in a very personal way with many people. I did some roles of teaching and uh, leading different communities. Actually, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned that to you. Like one of the things we do as young yeshiva boys before we're married, when we're still single, we can go away to like, distant places which a rabbi couldn't get to which there's no community yet so two of the places i was when i was uh yeshiva boy um was actually you'll see it in the uh in the um risk you ever played risk mm-hmm. it's a place called irkutsk in the in siberia i went there for pesach it was snowing on passover one year they sent us there there was no chabad uh, community yet i think it was in the news the other day for something going on in, 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 in russia right now i don't i don't know why but irkutsk it's on the risk board i went and i ran uh, services for Pesach there. We had about 150, I remember 200 people came in to 
some large lobby that we rented. We didn't speak a word of, of Russian, but we had a beautiful We had a translator with us. And it was most, it was actually, I'll just share with you an, a funny incident that happened there. We, we had a, I, I knew when I landed, I said, I had to get a translator. I said, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right correctly. My, my grandparents are all from Ukraine and Russia. So we spoke the uh, language a little bit. And um, they had someone, someone who was from Israel who was there. A young girl was there translating for us. And when this, this Pesach Seder came, there was 150 people or plus were there. The translator, like we would tell the translator what to say, like, this is what you do. You eat the matzah now, you eat the, ma- the wine or whatever it is. Basically, she got very stage fright from the big crowd. She basically backed out. So now we're stuck with 150 people there with the translator. And I basically told the uh, translator what to say. And then she told this other guy, because she wouldn't speak to the crowd, another like elderly Russian gentleman, to uh, what we said. Like, imagine broken telephone. You're trying to explain <laughs> the idea of the, the exodus of Egypt. We're telling it to her. And, and by the way, she only spoke Hebrew. Too, so we had to use our broken Hebrew to tell her what we wanted to say. She told this guy, I remember him holding up the egg and said, Zayaitza, this is a, this is an egg, basically, because, you know, you have an egg on the Seder plate. That was one experience that we had. Also, Grenada Island, there's a medical school. I don't know if you're familiar there. Yep. We ran high holiday services there uh, one time. So uh, anyway, to get, and, and it was an amazing experience. We had like 80 um, um, students there to, because it wasn't a place for a full-time rabbi, which I believe there's actually a full-time rabbi there today. But anyway, that was a little bit of my experience. So that's my journey to becoming a rabbi. It was the right thing, the right fit. And thank God, many, you know, 17 years down the road, I feel like we've touched many lives and it's pretty successful. When you were talking about uh, doing Pesach in Russia, it reminded me of uh, being in Venice. So, so I, I did study abroad living in London. So it was, you know, my, my, my second semester, junior year of college and spring break was two and a half weeks, bought a plane ticket to Prague and a plane ticket home from Madrid with absolutely no plan in between. And we made it through Italy while we were walking through Venice. I was pulled in, excuse me, my friend, you Jewish? Uh, yes, I'm Jewish. And I was pulled into a Seder on the canals of Venice where they had me ask the four questions. So that was probably my most exotic Pesach experience, Passover for everybody out there. But we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with Rabbi Levy, adult education coordinator and community leader for Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my good man, Rabbi Levi Wallace, uh, community leader, adult education coordinator for Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Rabbi Levi, before we get into the method behind the madness in your world, I wanted to just sit out by my fire pit for a moment, which is actually uh, located directly across the street from Chabad of Western Monmouth County, which is wonderful. Uh, also, I, I, my wife and I were uh, recently up in Maine for her 40th birthday, so I also think of it as sitting on the coast at this point, just to give a quick perspective. There are so many lessons to be learned from sharing stories. I use the plumber example all the time. It's funny that you mentioned that of if I, if I line up 10 plumbers and ask, what do you do? You're going to get 10 pretty similar answers. But if you go down the road of how do you do it? Why do you do it? How'd you get started? All that fun stuff. You're going to get 10 different stories. And that's a lot of times where the magic is. So I spent a lot of time around my temple growing up youth group activities, Hebrew school, Hebrew high school, post-Hebrew high school, rabbi study, volunteer work. I did whatever I could. And about 10 years ago, I, I came to an interesting realization that I developed some great skills for the business world from Temple. I've referred to the book Story-Based Selling many times by Jeff Bloomfield. Great read, lots to take away from it. One of the jobs that I had along the way sponsored a special training with Jeff himself, which was fantastic. My boss asked me later that evening what I thought of the training. I said I loved it, and I feel like I've been practicing these skills for most of my life. And he said, how so? And when I said, because I'm Jewish and I've been sharing stories since I could talk, it, it, I don't know if it necessarily registered with him, but the stories from the Torah have been around for thousands of years, and they're still applicable today and can be relayed in a multitude of ways, which I know Rabbi Levy is going to get into with us, very often in the form of sermons and stories. But when I realized that there was a lot of magic in personal and business life around not so much what you say, but how you say it, this is just a great lesson out there for, for the businesses that comes from this type of world. It's the same text that Jews read from the Torah every single year, but the interpretation and perspective for that particular time and place routinely changes, especially when you're listening to discussion from Rabbi Levy. So Rabbi Levy, this is the method part of the show where we talk a little bit about the science behind what you do. So especially because we just celebrated Rosh Hashanah, there's there's some great method behind how you guys run Project Roche, you know, what you guys have been doing as of late. Easy to follow step-by-step -step service, inspiring stories and anecdotes, which you know, we obviously we love. Everyone participates, super cool children's programs. We get some peace and quiet from them for a few minutes. Uh, sushi Kiddish and kosher wine, which is you know big thing that my, my, my kids and wife get excited about. But no membership required. Everyone's welcome. Come pray. Talk to us a little bit more about about the methodology. What are you what are you doing and how are you doing it and how you're putting it out to the community? Wow. So that's a full uh, you want a story or you want me to start with uh, Project Roche? Where where um, where do you want me to start or uh... wherever you feel is appropriate? Um. I, let me share a story. Um, I love I, it. I think the the madness was, was the story, right? This is the madness part. The madness part's the next part, but I oh, love okay, stories so can, no matter let what. Let me do that later. I'll do that later. So let's just talk about Project <laughs> Roche a little bit. Um, Adam, this something comes to mind about a. Um, uh, maybe this is a good idea behind it. There was someone who called me up about two years ago. They were a son, I believe, of someone who was a member at another temple, and they said, "Rabbi, can you please come?" lead um, shiva services at our house. Um, the rabbi is only allowed to, under his contract, to lead services if you're a member of the, of, the, of, the, of the congregation, a member of the temple. And even though the rabbi is a very nice guy and this is a very nice people, but since they're not members, the rabbi can't lead the services at the shiva house. And I remember somebody saying, like, basically, so they, they called another rabbi up. We, we whatever, they knew us through some connection or so on. And family needed somebody to do shiva services out there and they were they we came to do it and i'm not questioning other temples i'm not it's not my I'm, i don't put anybody else down i'm just explaining an idea behind the behind this message to you is that maybe if they would we we would offer sometimes you know a not a right away a charge not right away membership for something and then they have a good experience maybe they'll want to become uh, members maybe they'll want to become supporters of the synagogue 
afterwards. So I guess also this could lead to a whole business. You know, you talk about, like, you have a lot of small businesses that are, that you talk about in the business. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a, I, I say right out, I'm not a business expert and I, I'm a rabbi and I try to stick to, uh, try to do the best at that and to try to do a good job at that. But I think that maybe sometimes um, if you allow people to have, and listen, there'll be people that'll take advantage of you and it's unfortunate and whatever, it's, and it happens. But as long as there's more people that understand that they need to step up to the plate and support the organization and the shul and the synagogue and so on. So that, 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 that's one of the parts to it. It's like, come. And, and also, honestly, as we were talking before, Unfortunately, there's a lot of people in town who don't go to, uh, that, that are not going to show. I don't want to put people down, Jewish people down, of course, that or so on. But we were looking for a way, what's the reasons they're not going, right? I sat down, actually a good friend, I have to give him credit, Seth Feldman, we were doing for years, he works in marketing, you had him on here a long time ago. Sure I mean, we started, we started high holiday services uh, many years, 17 years ago. He joined maybe about 10 years ago, somewhere around there. And he gave us some ideas, said, why are people not going? So one of the things is, they, yeah, exactly. Very good. They, that people people are not paying membership. So not again, we're not looking to take away membership. People paying, but there's so many people who they're not going to pay membership all year just to be able to come for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So we we felt we had to do something for thousands of people who don't have where to go, um, and so on. That was one of the things. Another thing we found that it's like someone example someone gave me is this, this Rabbi. Imagine coming into a room and everyone speaking Chinese and you have no clue what they're saying for three hours. So we looked at the, and, and honestly, I feel like that way myself, that the masters, if, even if you read the English, it seems like every page is saying the same exact thing if you don't really understand. So how long, even though God's amazing and great and so on and agree, but if it sounds like you're just saying the same thing over and over again for three, four, five hours, it, 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 it could be, it could, it could get unfortunately boring. So what the question is, and, I, and I'm not into the whole rabbi, don't come for the rabbi speech, I want you to come for davening. So we addressed Right. Those are some of the issues. And then, then also the seating was a lot in some places, even people for that. So not to take again, our, our goal is not our goal to take away people that are other places, people who are not going anywhere. We uh, we came up with a idea how to run the services. We I explain like an MC. I don't talk during the services, mostly just to explain it enough. And I have a whole paper notes what each page is, come, what the message is enough just to say, like someone who's emceeing a show, like what is, what is, what's the point? Why did the rabbis make this prayer? What's the point of that prayer? Just throw it out there real quick and short. Um, and then also I'll tell you something else. The services, we, we write our times from the Torah reading and till, till the Kiddush. And we have a very nice Kiddush, by the way, also at the end, uh, sushi, the first day we have sushi, the second day we have cold cuts. Um, so people I know can't sit in shul for three, four hours. So we tell them this is the pre-service, this is the post-service, and come at least for two, three hours if you could sit that long. And at the same time, we have an amazing kids program. Thank you to my wife who, who does an amazing job. I think we had 100 children at the service. And the children are the center of the service. When we blow the show for, we have the kids sit, as you know. If you yes. saw on the front of the stage, the kids are part of the services. And they love it and they have fun. And, and, and it's just, it's enjoyable. And, um, you know, before Corona, I think we hit 700, uh, before COVID, we think we had 700 people come to the public school. They've been also very nice helping us out, but they, they see what a service I think we're doing for the community. So um, so it's, 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 it's two, three hours. Those who can sit, you know, we're not forcing anybody to sit where they are, though we do the whole services. We encourage people to come. We have little pieces in English that we respond. The cantor does everything in Hebrew. I say a little bit to explain what's going on, and there's no membership. And thank God, as you saw this year, I think we had... But 300 adults, 100 kids were in Shulet. Many of them would not have gone anywhere otherwise. So I'm really happy, at least that once a year, we have them come to Shulet. It's it's one of the the most engaging types of programs I, I've seen around for the high holidays. And you know, not not that I've gone extensively around the country and profiled everything, but it's 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 almost magical what you guys do. So as far as uh, the components of Project Roche that are listed, if if anybody out there Google's Project Roche, you'll see it. You know the the comments that are under underneath all the different components of how the Project Roche is structured. A totally unique high holiday experience, tradition with a twist, which I think might even be applicable to a lot of the activities that go on with Chabad of Western Monmouth County, but family friendly, fast moving and fully interactive. These are some of the big, you know, you talk about Seth Feldman being a marketer, somebody who really tries to craft the message and, and get it out there in a big way. I've, you know, my kids are getting a little bit older. Like my older one is getting closer to bat mitzvah age and, you know, my younger one getting closer to going to Hebrew school age and I'm starting 
starting to get friends out there. And this is the type of stuff that I, I tend to relate to them that, that starts to get pique more interest. So you know, talk, talk to us a little bit about you know, really going out to the community and expressing how you differentiate from other, from other, other shuls, like the tradition with the twist part. So I want to mention also because your kids are in the Hebrew school, right? The Kabad Hebrew school here. My brother-in-law, Rabbi Shmuley, give him, you know, the credit for that. Kids love it. Like, you know, a lot of parents um, hated, unfortunately, going to Hebrew school. They were forced to. They had no choice. They had to. And and they can't believe it. Yeah, that's a funny video. I, see. I love it. Yeah. By the way, all these pictures you're posting, I'm wondering, like, if someone wanted to research me, it's funny watching you find all this stuff. Like, I, I never put it together myself. We did something funny. We were, that's, that's where we had Project Rush. The services, we finished setting up. Um, and... Um, and we said, let's do a little, you know, practice. We, were, we took a little video of it. It was a lot of fun. We called it the three tenors. So I don't know if you saw that on Facebook. I sure we did. Had, we were having a good, we had a great time, whatever. It's, it's, it's fun. It's not. And I want to say about the Chabad Hebrew school and all the stuff at Chabad. It's fun. It's happy. Um, it's, it's enjoyable. The kids love Hebrew school. Imagine that. Like the kids leave and the parents are like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's, what's with this place? Okay, they give them a little bit of candy. They, they complain about that sometimes. Like, we want it to be fun. We want it to be enjoyable. So... I mean, that's, I, th- I think that's the core um, uh, 100%. Of, of, of everything is, you know, instead of, you know, and I, by the way, I want to bring out, um, I don't know if this is the place, but may- maybe it is. We, we did before uh, Rosh Hashanah, we had, yeah, by the way, that's in Kiev, that picture you just posted. My, for my final six years birthday, my, one of my brother was arranged. We went all over, last summer, it was a year ago, right? Not a few months before all the crazy. We had the time of our life over there, by the way. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I believe you. Yes, we did. We had a really, really good time. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so um, what, what I want to share something. I think this is going to Rosh Hashanah. This is the message that I want to uh, that I want to share. We had a Kiddush, a high holiday Kiddush, preparing for the services two weeks before Rosh Hashanah. And I arranged it. I arranged the theme. What I did is I took one of the prayers. I, I, uh, I, I took a piece. I cut it up. I printed it, cut it up, and gave everyone in the, in, in the room, not like 10 people, explain the prayer they got you you decide what the meaning means you figure it out and the prayer says god opens his hands and and kind of forgives every forgives every person which is beautiful which is a beautiful message that hashem opens yes. his hand you don't want to know what the person said god opens his hand and if you don't behave he smacks you now it didn't say that anywhere in the master it didn't say that anywhere in the prayer book and the person before them had i forget which sentence i gave them but they literally it, the prayer was saying god opens his hands to, to hug you to bring you in to accept you no matter what you did is going to I think the English word was like a fancy word is exculpate or something like that. I don't know the Hebrew <laughs> better than the English. Some of these English words in the master that too hard for me to understand. Uh, but so so but but the but the, the prayer was saying how God loves you. He's like a father. And instead, the person said God opens his hand to smack you. And the same thing happened with the person before. And it was such a beautiful prayer. And like people have this fear of of God, like he wants to do something bad to you. Why would God created you just like your par- parents would love you. And I, I think I said this message, I don't know if you were there, when I spoke about this on Rosh Hashanah, the second day before I started the services, I, I, I dropped one of my kids off in yeshiva out of town. I couldn't sleep the whole night because I was worried about him because I cared about him so much. And there was a little incident and I was very worried about that. And I'm like, if God created us, why would he be any less loving or caring about us? So I don't know where this fear of negativity, when you say God, like it's like this dangerous, yeah. scary thing, where it comes from, culture, movies, other religions. I'm not sure where this Hashem is our father. Avinu Malkeinu is our father who is our king. He loves us. He only wants the best for us. So I would put that message out there. And that's what we're trying to promote. That's the truth. And that's what we're, we're sharing with people. At high house. Yom Kippur is the best day in the year. It says that in the Talmud. Because God forgives you for all your sins. So imagine there was a day a year. Instead of like April 15th tax season, whatever. Imagine <laughs> there's a day which all mortgages... Imagine all your more, any debt you owed went free. I know there's a whole conversation about student debt, but imagine there was an official date which nobody cared about, which somehow all your debts would be paid up. It would be the happiest day of the year. That's a healthier way to view Yom Kippur. It's a serious day, but it's not a bad day. It's not. It's a great day that Hashem forgives us for all our sins. And as I was getting ready this morning, I was listening to the fish version of Avinu Malkeinu as well. So we'll talk more about that in just a bit. We're going to take a break, but we will be right right back with Rabbi Levy, Adult Education Coordinator and Community Leader at Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Stay with us, everybody. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Rabbi Levi Wallaceau, a community leader, adult education coordinator with Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Some great tidbits from Rabbi Levi thus far, which I had no doubt was going to happen. It's funny that you, you you weren't sure if you were cut out for radio or podcasting, and you talked about emceeing the live show in the service, because that's exactly how I looked at it. That's exactly what you're doing. But uh, the madness portion is where we're at. So madness, Rabbi Levi, the stories that you have from the field, no subject, too taboo, anything goes. I know you have plenty of them. And you were getting somewhere really good in the in the last segment. And you were talking about the, the lens and perspective of fun versus fear as it relates to, to Hashem, to God. And it, it's interesting because it goes right along with the business landscape to me, you know, where you, where you think about years ago, you know, people just afraid that they weren't going to have money and going to work at the same company for 30, 40 years and being forced to go to services if they didn't, if they didn't go on their own volition you know, there's a lot of ways that you instill, instill fear in people that way. But nowadays, there's a big sentiment that I, I like to believe in as well, that if I'm not having fun, I'm not making money. This is like, if I'm not happy and not healthy, like all that stuff comes before money anyway. So, you know, if I'm not having fun, I'm not making money. The idea of tradition with a twist, all the important stuff from the tradition, you know, is is there. But the interpretation and the way the messages are relayed and really just trying to have as much fun as possible, especially with the kids. The kids always have a blast. It's, yeah, it's a so, big part of it. Yeah. So I'm saying also like tradition full on. The traditional yeah, way on. it's always been for the last thousands of years, but not changing that, but you can have a great time with that at the same time. Um, I'm trying to think which which way to go. So let me share with you. I, I was going to share with you a, steer, a story, right? The madness, Please. Nice, nice pictures he got over there. The pomegranate. All the always, stuff. always. The um, so I'll, I'll share with you a, a small story, and I, I think like some of the biggest successes have been in the most challenging times. Sometimes for myself, sure. yeah, I actually believe it's it's Hashem. Hashem, we, we Hashem leads our steps where we need to be in life. By the way, which is close to happiness. If you realize that God takes you where you need to be in life, and you accept, there's a, there's a fam- let me just jump off of the saying. There's a famous um, saying in ethics of our fathers that people quote. Mm-hmm. who is rich the one who's happy with what he has so it's all, often i heard it growing up tr- simply translated as you're, you're you're rich if you're happy with the amount of money you can have 10 million dollars if you're not happy with that you want to have more than the next guy your friend next to you has double the amount then you're not happy but if you have uh you're, whatever you're making fifty thousand dollars a year hundred thousand dollars a year you're happy with your lot with, with how much you make you're good but i i actually realized i think it's talking about much more than just money it's talking about your position in life like 
who you're married to and what your position in your job is. And I'm not saying we shouldn't try to grow. This doesn't take away from growth. I don't want to make that mistake. But if you are happy with what you, you realize that you're supposed to be where you are in life, your position in the family, you know, which kid you are, which number of kid you are, and all that stuff, who your parents are, you're happy with, if you're happy with where you are, you'll be rich. You'll really feel value if you're happy with where your lot is in life. And that's a big thing to being happy. I think being happy is super important, as you mentioned before. I found that some of my greatest growth has come in my most challenging times. Very sure. often. Yeah. Cases that seem the worst thing to me a lot of times. And I believe in divine providence that Hashem, that God runs, runs the world, you know, and then, and sometimes it's harder than others to, to realize that. And as we all have very challenging stories in our life, but he's, he's, he's the CEO, he's in charge, he runs the world and, and he leads us where we need to be in life. Sometimes what seemed the most challenging were my greatest successes. And I want to share with you a small story that I felt that it was very meaningful to myself. Um, that happened, it happened actually at, at high holiday services. So when I, when I was first starting out, you know, we had literally maybe 10, Funny people uh, the first year that we started and um like i'm like you know i'm getting to the high holiday services and i need to prepare a speech i'm like all into it and working on it you know i'm like and, and i'm coming to give the speech it was first year we did it in even like our living room we got just a few people together and we, we dive in together and then the next year grew a little bit and grew a little bit bigger until we that we rented we must have gone to five six different places to grow go with the growth to, to where we are today Baruch Hashem. thank god so one one year in the earlier years, I got up and I, and I prepared, you know what I'm going to say. And I'm like, Hey, this is my, and I was like, very, this is my like 15 minutes and I have to very important job. And I got to inspire the crowd. I have to, there's a lot of pressure on a lot of rabbis because that's their biggest time. Not just because just, it's also as responsibility, it's your responsibility to inspire your congregation. So, so I got up there and my wife went inside to prepare something, to take care of something. And thank God, as many Chabad families, we have a lot of children greatest blessing greatest investment by the way out there that there is is children don't get caught up with your other investments versus this this is your greatest investment and um one of the kids as they often do you know when you pick up your phone all of a sudden your kids need your attention the second that that you're there so i stand up and all of a sudden one of them needed my attention and they did not stop they kept on you know they they, they wouldn't let go and like i'm standing there with my papers i'm supposed to prepare and um what are you supposed to do? The kid is like, not, you know, it's not, not, not allowing you to speak. And this is, you've been preparing for this, but like it, outside, I kept the calm complexion. You can imagine what's going on inside me. I was very sure. upset at, 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 you know, when your kids are like at the time that they're, you know, and like I'm standing in front of people and I like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I kept it together. I definitely remember the story. And that was like a disturbing story. I forgot about it. Years later, a friend of ours who we know, Kevin, I'll just say the first name. I don't know. I don't want to say Kevin's, a grandmother or grandfather, a lovely couple, um, passed away, did the, the, their funerals and so on. And I went to visit them before, I forget which one it was, the, the husband or the wife before they passed. And you know what they told me? We were sitting there together at the table. And before they passed away, they, I came to the house and they said, I want to tell you, Rabbi, my, my favorite memory with you, you know, we had a lot of memories together, is I remember when there was a high holiday services and your kid was driving, you wouldn't let you speak and you stayed calm. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. So this person is is passing away and they're like the day before they passed away. And that's the memory they shared with me. And I'm like, wow, I'm like that. You never know what. So to me, I was a failure. To me, I failed. I, I didn't give what I was supposed what I was supposed to do. But you touch people in a different way that wasn't meant for you. So I, I, I want to say I feel a lot of times like the hardest struggles that I had were the greatest blessings that came to me in the end. So you never know where it is. And you never know what you're supposed to accomplish, where, where you're supposed to go. So that was a that was a high holiday story for you. How just go with the flow. Hashem leads you. God leads you where you need to go. And just be happy where you are and try to be the most successful you can. Absolutely. Big time, big time lesson there. And I, unfortunately, this time of year, I feel I'm always focused on growth with the small, medium sized businesses I work with as well. But, uh, after all the food that I ate this past week, I feel like the only thing that's growing is my waistline, but we'll take care of that on Yom Kippur. You gotta come jogging with me in the mornings. <laughs> we'll see. Depends on how early you go. I'm, I, I, am, I do get up early, I but I'm jogging by your house. I have a different route, but I could come by your direction if you want. I'm more about this time of year, have, having a little conversation next to the fire pit, which is right across the street from Chabad. So we, we, we got, <laughs> okay, we got to light that, that up. We could do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, you know, again, like we were, we were talking a little bit, you know, before around here, you know, especially this area, it's, you know, heavy Jewish population around here. That's a great big reason why I grew up here and came back here. But it's, 
you know, you know, around this this time of year, again, Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year, and you know, getting to Yom Kippur, which you eloquently put before, is considered to be the best like, the best day of the year. It has a serious connotation to it, atoning for sins and kind of wiping the slate clean. But it's it's something that is looked at as as like again with utmost respect, high, high high holidays. You know, talk to us a little bit about that. Like how a lot of times it's not perceived that way in the community. So I w- I'll share something that I heard. I think Rabbi Jacobson's famous speaker said, I think it was him that I heard it. I just wanted to make their go over that point I made earlier. He said that I, I think the, um, the west side of Manhattan, the, 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 where the big Jewish community used to be, right off the uh, Williamsburg Bridge over there. Um, what's it called? The east side? That's the east side. That's the east side, yeah. East side. yeah. Lower east side. Yeah. And there's very little community left. There's massive shoals that are there. I used to go actually every Shabbos for a while to, to support a minion there on Shabbos to make sure they had a minion. And one of the things he said, people used to say, oh, it's hard to be a Jew. And, and they would raise their kids like that. Like, like, you know, but you have to do it anyway. And that's not going to work. I guess they, they, the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe perhaps realized that earlier on and the Jewish world caught up with that is that that's, that used to work. It's hard to be Jewish, but you got to do it anyway. It's not going to work in the U.S. or, or, or in modern times. And it's, it has to be done in a joyous and, and, and positive way. So. Rosh Hashanah in the book of Jewish law, it says that we come dressed up um, uh, with our clothes because we know we're going to be successful and victorious in, in, the, in the decree before Hashem. So it's a very serious day. It's the holiest day of the year. It's the highest day of the year. We wear a lot of people even wear white to, to recognize the, it's the seriousness of the day. And it's not taking away from being serious. Okay, I, I, I'll say one thing. I'll finish with this point. I see we're, we're one minute to the break. The um, Being in awe of something doesn't mean it's bad. Like, I went to, uh, I was in Israel the other day and we went to this army training unit. It's a really cool, it's called Cal- Caliber 3, a really cool thing we did. And they told us, like, you have to respect the gun. You have to be in awe of the gun. It doesn't mean it's bad. You have to be respectful of it. I think that's a good way to describe fear of heaven. It's not fear that he's going to smack you just, but it really means awe that you have to be responsible. You know, is a very holy day. We need to treat it with the holiness God is in our life. We need to treat him with the proper respect but in a way of respect and all, not in a way of like scared that he's going to hit us. That's a very low way of, of fearing God. Yeah, and, and, to, and again, with, within the business world, I see a lot of decisions that are made out of fear, and a lot of times that, that pulls people away from, going, from being focused on the people and the process and puts them right on a product, a magic wand to try to solve the problem. And it's just, it's, it's no way to do things. A lot of times if you're making a decision based on fear, it can it can force you to make the wrong decision. So I think there's a lot of important points there, and it's very very comparable to the small medium sized business world as well. Love it, Rabbi. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with Rabbi Levy Wallace, adult education coordinator and community leader of Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Stay with us. Hey, everybody! It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Avengers Assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my good friend, Rabbi Levi Wallaceau, community leader, adult education coordinator at Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Some great thoughts, insights, stories from Rabbi Levi, as I had no doubt there would be. Rabbi Levi, this is the message part of the show, what we're trying to accomplish here from weekend insight to Monday impact. Give everybody some sound bites to remember over the weekend. There's definitely been a couple of things that have stood out to me. One of them came right from the website. It was around educate your child educated generation. I think this is a big one right about now, especially coming out of the, the COVID pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that, that the kids are digesting information these days, but it kind of revolves around the idea that you put out there earlier, which I love, around trying to have fun. The idea of tradition with a twist, being able to learn a lesson and share a story, but have it impact in a way that's memorable and fun and engaging and all of the above. Big things also the idea of just embracing Shabbat, embracing Shabbos, where, you know, it's about to be about to be Shabbat this weekend. You know, again, it's things that we've kicked around, Rabbi Levy. You know, my, my daughters have danced f- four days a week. You know, the, just the idea of being swept up in society where there's activities that we're, we're running back and forth like a taxi service to embrace Shabbat unplug, go back to, you know, to, to finding yourself a little bit, like really have some me time. That that's that kind of thought resonates deeply with me. But you know, what are some other thoughts that that really strike you, especially this time of year, as we're in, in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that that you'd love to get out to the community? Sorry, I have to unmute, unmute myself. So let let me let me let me talk about Shabbat. Let me say something about Shabbos for a minute. I, I heard something very powerful about it, um, and so, so some people might want might think to say you might want to say. Shabbos is for the old times um, in the shtetl, you know, when when there wasn't much going on. So this idea of like not driving anywhere, staying home, just going to shul and davening and just eating with your family Friday night and Shabbos day doesn't fit the modern um, culture where we are today. And then I heard somebody say that's exactly the opposite. We need Shabbos more than ever before. 100%. so important for our health, our mental health. Our, our, our soul, our, our, our well-being, our physical well-being, or just to be in a healthy mindset, there's never been a time in history. It's, like, like, it's not like that Moses gave us the commandments from God in the Jews in the desert. It was that it was meant for then when Jews were living in the desert. It, it, if anything, he saw what was going on. I don't know about that picture. but If anything, he saw what was going on um, Today, what's happening where we live, Manalpa, New Jersey, Marlboro, New Jersey, in, in, in the world, in New York City, like the world needs, just people need a time to just real community, not even social media community or so on. They just need to live with people. Fortunately, um, I, I, I don't know, I'm not a professional in these fields, but with drugs up so high and, 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 and suicide up, unfortunately, even people I know in the community the bond, the family bond. You and I, I'll tell you something. Someone some, some, some told me something very beautiful, actually. The other, just yesterday, they they love my my brother-in-law joined us, and then I have another friend who's the cousin, who's the cantor. They're like, I grew up in such a family, strong family unit. I love seeing you guys have that bond, just have fun together, and 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 be that unit. Like what I right exactly. Like we were like we're three, we're we're about the same, you know, like not all exactly, you know, within ten years of each other. We just sat, we had a real connection bonding, connecting to Hashem, being spiritual and connecting to God, there's nothing more healthy. There's nothing healthier than that um, in life. So I know we're busy. And we said, I, I, I want to say what I mentioned to you before. People who didn't grow up observant are sometimes much more spiritual than people that did, I find. They're, they're the beautiful people. They're such spiritual people. They just didn't have the opportunity to learn about it. And the society they're in is, is not is not geared towards that. So it's harder to get out. But if they would come to show, if they would give themselves the time, their family would blossom in such a beautiful way. So as I, I told you, you know, some of you call, you say, come to Hebrew school or come to show and every day I have to drive my kids to basketball and soccer and dance. And they're very important physical things for health. I'm, I'm, I'm very, it's very important. But if you can't go to show and and you can't spend Shabbos with your family at a cost of that, I don't know if it's worth it for mental health. So what I could say is we don't grow overnight. I'm not, I'm not telling people you can't become, observe all 613 commandments, you know, in like one day. 
But one, one, if I had one message that I could take, if you could connect to Hashem, to God, to our creator, and, and, and keep, let's say, Shabbos, or set aside time, just get away, put on tefillin for five minutes, the boxes we put in our hand or head, and just meditate on connecting to God, and do that with your kids, you know, and like, and shut the phone and shut the TV, have that Shabbos experience, you'll, you'll be so much happier, you'll be so much healthier, the investment in your kids will be the greatest thing you could do. Um, and usually often at these synagogues are very meaningful people, not everyone always, but are very purposeful people with a lot of good ethics and values. You want to hang around that crowd of people that are going to synagogue, that are talking to Hashem, that do feel God is watching them and live their life based on that kind of a, that kind of a feeling. It'll be the best thing for you. And I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. I know we're so busy. We're inundated with so much stuff. But it, that's all the reason why it's more important. So coming Russia, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, don't change overnight. It's not going to work. But baby steps. You got to take one step. Do one thing to bring God into your life, into your child's life. Imagine you tell your child, God is watching you wherever you are. That's why you need to behave. You know, and you know there's always somebody watching. It's the greatest gift you can give your kid to feel that there's responsibility. And I, I, let me bring, I want to bring one more point. And that's the point of having a purpose. If you believe in God, you believe you, you were created specifically. He made you to be you to accomplish a mission that he wants you to accomplish in this world. You have such a meaningful, purposeful life that you're living versus just random. Let me just go to the next, watch the next show, go to the next game. And and just, you have to have, human beings need to have purpose and meaning in life. And giving that to your kids is the greatest gift a parent could give. Physical activities are important. Having social time is important, but doing it as a real community with real people, building that bond over Connecting to Hashem is the greatest thing you could do. So do it once a month, as you said, Stephen, before. Do, yeah. it, do, it, do it. Get another time besides Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Bring yourself to make some resolution. Give charity. Take care of somebody else. Do something because that's what God wants us to do, to add it to your life. Bring that. To, get your children involved in that. It, it'll be so meaningful for you. That's my message. Uh, no, that's, that, that's phenomenal. And there's there's no such thing as as perfection out there. A lot of times people think of it as an all or nothing type of thing. There's only progress. If you want to take progress and steps in that direction, it's like if you don't go to temple, go once a month. It's I agree. We, we did that all the time. We have like a twill class a month. We serve a whole breakfast while we do it a hundred percent. And there's, by the way, today there's classes online and, 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 and all kinds of, uh, you know, you could just go online and search the rabbi you like best, whoever it is and, and do that. Just, do something, add something more than what you're doing. And it's, it's pretty easy today to, to do. I know we're inundated in the culture yeah. we're in, but we have to move, shift it to the other way of getting into spirituality, getting into goodness and kindness just to do, just, you know, to make that time to do more, you know, and I'm not saying people are not doing, everyone's doing, to add, we have to grow and add and do a little bit more of that. I uh, I couldn't agree more. And uh, you know, there's good and bad with social media stuff out there. There's a lot of bad, but you know, some of the good parts are building a little bit of a sense of community. But I I'm 100% with you that people are so far tilted that way these days that they miss a lot of the in-person, real life community that they can walk across the street and you know surround themselves with. And I'm I'm guilty as well. Like I've I've put a lot of emphasis on things that that I've need felt like I've needed to focus on the last couple of years. And this is always on my mind and I, I, I do want to make it happen. But at, at the very least, Rabbi, I'm so thrilled that you joined me here this morning because I had it on my calendar and we were able to spend a whole hour together and we could share it with the community and get some good messaging out there. So I'm, very I, I, I want to, I'm reading up just on, on that message. I'm reading a book now. I think it's called the body remembers or something like that. A very famous uh, a book that came out about mental health and trauma and so on. And it's just one line in there that, that the writer, um, the psychologist um, says is like, you know, a lot of times the trauma comes from other people, like it, whatever, whoever it is in your life. But they, they said, just like it, it, you could be affected, it could also be healed because by having good, healthy experiences with community, with people that will also heal it at the same time. So this community, even you're right, even having on the, even social media by having some kind of community, but nothing beats physical community. You can't, Take that away. There's nothing better than Shabbos meal sitting with my family and none of the teens have their phones on or anything like that. And they're just, and they know, and it's an obvious thing. There's nothing more healing, almost nothing more healing for your mental and sane health for the person. 
There's so many activities and so much of a community feeling through Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Rabbi, thank you so much for everything you do. Before I let you go, which we got to wrap up shortly, I wanted to share the answers to the questions that I always ask my guests. And I understand that you and the family don't watch all that much TV or movies, but you told me about the character Young Abraham, and I checked it out, and it was very, very cool, like very impactful, very great storytelling. It's cartoons, and I'm a sucker for cartoons anyway, but impactful for the kids, impactful for the parents, fun for the whole family. There's you know, jewishkids.org, and in addition to chabad.org, you can get all these all these links online. Google it, search for it. Come visit Chabad of Western Monmouth County. Uh, I, I asked you about your favorite movie, and you said you hadn't seen it yet, but... That's basically what you would look like if you were Indiana Jones, but uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. If you if you haven't seen that yet, Rabbi, like let's do a men's night out, like and do it with scotch and cigars or something. Cause it's got it. you got to do it immediately. I was going to tell you the background to it, but I don't think I think we're out of time. Indiana Jones, <laughs> right? Are we out of time. Well, oh, well, yeah. your 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 favorite musical instrument you said was the guitar, and you gave me a name that I hadn't heard yet, Joey Newcomb. Started listening to some of his tunes also. And very cool. He's very good. You should hear his stuff. He's very good. But Miami, all... You have to mention Miami Boys Choir because they're all over uh, Instagram and TikTok right now. So funny how this this choir from 20 years ago all of a sudden became really hot. So I got to mention that too. But yes, I, I really like Joey Newcomb. I think he's very good. Well, they, while they might be very cool, I, I want the three rabbi tenors. I think this should be your first album cover. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. By the way, I saw this picture of this huge chauffeur out there. That's one thing that I always, I always get nervous about when you're closing out Russian shutter services. I'm like, I'm at the ready in case you're going to pass out, but it's a, right. it's, it's pretty, pretty big one, but get rap, me that chauffeur. I'll blow it for you. <laughs> I played the saxophone when I was younger and I can't, oh. I can't get the chauffeur right to save no. my life. Okay. I'm sure you could, you can figure it out. If you can play the saxophone, you can definitely do the chauffeur, but that's a hard one to blow that big one. Yeah, definitely. Rabbi, thank you so much for joining me once again. Good Shabbos. I will see you very soon in Temple. But uh, everybody coming up next week, we're going to be talking about merchant advocacy for small, medium-sized businesses with my friend Eric Cohen, the CEO of Merchant Advocate. Helps businesses lower their merchant processing fees without changing processors. I know that businesses get pursued all the time for that stuff. Some great ways to save money, especially if people are worried about a looming recession. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you next Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.myc. Bye-bye. Good job. Good job, Rabbi. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? 
Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 